Hi, I'm Christy Subieta, and we're in session at Jackrabbit Sound Shack.
right, welcome into In Session at Jackrabbit Sound Shack. He is Vance Van Donselaar, owner, operator, Jackrabbit Sound Shack Studios. I am David Biggs, producer, engineer, Jackrabbit Sound Shack Studios. And we are in session today with Christy Subietta. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thanks, guys. Did I pronounce your name properly? Yeah, Subietta. Subietta. With Sweet. a Y. Christy with a Y. That threw me off at first. Christy. Yeah, K-R-Y-S-T-I. It actually is Christine, though, right? Yeah, it's short for Christine. I just had never seen Christine spelled that way, and it's cool. Nice. I dig it. Something different. Just when I first wrote it, I had to, you were like, uh, did you do it with a Y? And I'm like, no, I'll fix that <laughs> it, it, at the store. It, anyway, um, welcome in. <laughs> uh, we're going to hear some awesome music by Christy today. Um, she performed music both on guitar and keys on the beautiful Rhodes uh, 73. And just to get started, tell me a little bit about yourself in terms of where you came from, because you're not originally from Texas. You're originally from, from Florida, correct? Yeah, that's right. I grew up mostly in South Florida and uh, I got myself to Gainesville after that, where I felt more at peace in North Florida. Um, it was way rockier. I really like to climb. So mm, cool. um, after going to school in Florida, I hopped over to Austin where there's places to climb and a lot more music happening. What got you into climbing? Well, I think it was my mother telling me to get down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you kept going up higher, right? Yeah. So your first climbing was on top of the refrigerator for the cookie jar. <laughs> well, it was actually, so my parents are both from Bolivia. Um, and so I am actually first generation from Bolivia, which is in South America. And that's where my name comes from, Subieta. And it's Subieta. Subieta. Yeah. And they, um, so I would go over the summer to nature, this farm out in Luribay, this third world country, just like beautiful uh, farm with grapes and sheep and a lot of big mountains because Bolivia has these enormous mountains, the Andes Mountains. And you can just ride up, ride on up to them and just climb them. Uh, so as a child, we would go there every summer and I just connected with nature a lot <laughs> during my childhood. How often did you go out there? Like up to what age? Cause you said as a child, but yeah. So when we graduated from high school, um, we, I had like a bunch of cousins that were all the same age that we'd all go out there every summer or at least have a reunion of some kind. And, um, after high school, we kind of didn't go there anymore, uh, because we we're all doing our own thing in college. Sure. Yeah. So that was that was what inspires my music a lot is uh, nature and my family, uh, because of how I grew up. We were very close with our family. Okay. Um, that goes. That actually answers my next question. Was going to be where do you derive your influences from to for into your songwriting? You know, for writing your material, and you said. From travel, family, and nature. Nature, nature's yeah. a big one. Oh yeah, Na like connecting with, um, connecting with the earth and connecting with um, non-human forms of energy. They are all very inspiring um, in when in my music, and you can hear a lot of references, especially in like fantasy world or in the first album. Um, I like to incorporate a lot of different instruments. Some sound like the wind. Some you know, sound like uh, didgeridoos, like big pipes or whatever. Well, yeah, in that one song you play, a, like it's like a I don't want to, not a flute, but it, what do you call it? What's the actual proper term? It's a Celtic tin whistle or a penny whistle. 
I don't know a lick of Irish music <laughs> except Irish washerwoman on clarinet. That's but yeah, other than that, I just play penny whistle. And find yourself that was the first video that I saw. I mean, you know, you teach music lessons at the store where I work, and I had no idea that you had all these music videos on YouTube and like you know, somebody was like, yeah, why don't you get Christy in there? I was saying we needed somebody to come on the show. And uh, I watched that video and I was like, man, she's like a star, you know, <laughs> like I was impressed with that video. I mean, did you do that video yourself or did you have somebody produce that video? And that video has that whistle in it. That's why I'm that's why it's tied to that. It has like three different wind instruments, right? Yeah, there's a little oh. tiny penny, penny whistle, and then there's a bigger one, which okay. is an octave lower, and then, uh, yeah, the guitar and everything. It was almost like a recorder, sort of, mm -hmm. but a little it's, brighter sounding. Yeah, I like it. It's simpler than a recorder. It's just got six holes in it, and it's just a tube with six holes and a whistle. Um, <laughs> the tuning is in D major or B minor, so it's really easy to jam with, and the fingerings all just kind of make sense. Like, I think it's easier than a recorder, because I learned recorder. When I was little, I actually want to teach uh, penny whistle to kids like as a learning instrument, as a starter instrument. Uh, so, yeah, I love that. But the music video, it was um, it was done by James Martinez. Uh, he and also two people that helped me um, with the drone footage, the overhead footage. Um, and they were Kelly Marks and Kelly Marks Photography. Um, it, this song inspired James Martinez at a party. He listened to it, and he's like, oh, my God, I want to make a music video of that. That's awesome. So, yeah, we that's went That's cool. You got to, got to have drone footage. I mean, that's... Yeah. I mean, I've had friends that have tried to make a living doing that. I mean, you can make actually a good, good living doing drone photography uh, for various different reasons. But uh, going back to the video, I mean, you had, like, cool furry hats, and, you know, you always have cool furry boots and jackets and things. And, and it just adds a lot, I think, to the flair of the video. And then the penny whistle sort of, or the, you know, that, that instrument adds sort of a happy, cool, like, uh, texture to the song, giving it that Irish sort of feel or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Um, and the world music is a big thing. Like having that Celtic whistle that's from Ireland, that sound mixed in with like the sound of the violin, the classical sound mixed in with like the guitar, um, I, I really like blending genres together because I grew up listening to Bolivian music mm -hmm. and then at my friend's house I would hear like the American blues and all of that. What is Bolivian music like? I haven't heard yeah, it's, much Bolivian. It's really like tribal, I would say. It has a lot of little flutes. Like the Peruvian music is similar where you'll have like the pan flutes. Mm -hmm. um, but the rhythms, like the rhythms especially fascinate me. Um, I haven't seen dancing that it's, it almost seems like Native American. You got to hook me up with some, some Bolivian music. I, I've never heard it. Yeah. If you, if you have some recommended, please. Uh, Tupai is my favorite. T-U-P-A-Y on okay. Spotify. Okay. <laughs> and you're on Spotify. I <laughs> am on Spotify. You have to do K-R-Y-S-T-I on Spotify. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. And you'll see Subieta. <laughs> that's really good, actually. So the, Just the, fell out of my face. The, the video for Find Yourself, where was that filmed? Uh, it was filmed on uh, this, just outside of Austin. There's really? Yeah, it's called Cross Mountain. Okay, it's, I'm not familiar with that. Where is that about? Is it east, west, north? I think it's 
I think it's east. No, sorry, it's west. Okay. Um, on the way to Enchanted Rock, I okay. believe, is the Cross Mountain. Uh, New Braunfels, I want to say. I could... New Braunfels is south from here. It's south, yeah. yeah. I have to look on the video description. But in any Fuck. case, yeah, it's um, it's shot in a several different places. We went right. on the way there at the sunrise. You know, We got sunrise footage, and um, it was cold. And then throughout the day, it got warmer. So what I time ju- of year was it? Was it winter? Uh, yeah. Old Texas winter. Yeah, it was. It was winter for. Yeah, I think it was about December or so. Okay. So, but throughout the day it gets warmer, and so by the time we're up on the mountain, it's like hot, and we're hiking up this mountain. Yeah. So we're like, hey, it's so hot, so all the clothes come <laughs> off. <laughs> but layers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the fur. The fur is a thing. Um, so I'm in. I'm really into wolves, and that inspires a lot of my songwriting too. A ton of it, actually. So, I would say that they're an animal that would come to me in dreams or just seem like a coach or a teacher, that type of uh, symbolism I received from wolves. And I felt like I had something to learn from them as a young child. So I would derive a lot of musical inspiration from wolves and nature um, and also stories from my friends who were not as sheltered as I was because I was very sheltered and I would talk to some people that were like, gnarly like my mother wouldn't want me hanging out with these people you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) and so like after graduating I would hear stories about their lives and I was just like oh my god like their lives and other people's lives that sounds very Native American I was about to say I picked up a a Native American sense for just from watching the video for have you spent some time out in the desert well (laughs) I did travel um, on tour this past April and we went out to like Sedona and Arizona um and up around California to Washington, back through Colorado. That's Native American area, you know. Yeah. Taking in influences. You technically, they, all of this is they were everywhere. Yeah, they were all over. By the way, <laughs> if anyone doesn't realize that, we're killing them silently. Killing them softly. Uh, they're okay. They're fine. <laughs> I know, he got so tense <laughs> up there. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, technically, there's like a lot of Native American in me, but there's South American. So, like Andes type of, you see my nose, right? Like, that's kind of the Peruvian. Right. Oh. That's not exactly where I was going with all that. If we're going to be racist about it. it. No, I wasn't trying to be. <laughs> culturist. Did that it's come culture. on? Did that come no, out racist? No, I'm just joking. No. I'm okay. totally. No, I'm messing with you. I was talking you. desert. I mean, I li- I've been out in Arizona and New Mexico. and But you, you talk about wolves and the spirituality of wolves with the Native American church. And, I mean, I've had friends that are highly into that. And, I mean, they go out in the desert and go in sweats and hang out in the Hogan and take peyote and freak out in the in the desert, you know? Yeah. And go to these drum ceremonies and all this stuff. And, I mean, I have recorded Native American music. That's awesome. With the hey nays and everything. Yeah. Hey, nay, hey, nay, nay, hey. Cut this out. Cut this out. <laughs> You're going to be editing no, the No, no, don't edit that. That's great. No, because it's going to segue into something. <laughs> The ha- like the Native American music. So, okay, you're talking about drum circles. But for real, I want to make a meditation album. Like, yeah, that's next on the list. I have a song called Just Breathe, which is like a mantra, just the same words over and over again. And it is inspired from like the throat singing, the Native Americans, like you said, but a lot of that shaman sort of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, because my mission is I believe in the healing power of music. And so any way that I see music can heal is what I kind of tap into and want to create that genre or that feeling so i'll make uplifting music if i realize the words have a big impact on our emotion and our mood Uh, or like 
talking about something that's difficult to talk about, like the shadows of life, like set fires about wanting to kill yourself. And so like that can be healing when you talk about the shadow, right? So lyrical content and then the actual sounds of the music themselves, like the throat singing we were just doing, um, the tin whistle, like that, the low one, especially the big one, it's very like soothing and meditative. So that's, um, I used to chant with Hare Krishnas when I was in college and that's what got me. I'm very shy actually. Like I had a really hard time singing in front of people. I just kind of locked myself in my room. Uh, I was just really insecure about my voice because I was told I wasn't a good singer for a long time. I mean, some people were like, yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going. But by like family or what? Yeah. Well, sometimes family, it was very critical. I think they weren't like you should stop. Well, they were kind of like, don't Are they musical? Um, some are, but no one is like a professional musician in my family. Like, I mean, my, some of my cousins are getting there like Daikaiju, Rand Ramos, you know, shout out to Rand. Yeah. He's actually Daikaiju's bass now, uh, bass player. So yeah, there's like my generation, we're starting to get into it, but not them. Um, so I was long story short. Yeah. Like a lot of people, I was very insecure about my voice, so I didn't like to share it. Uh, I played lots of clarinet though. Um, so I learned music that way. Um, so where I'm going with this is that um, I forgot where I was going with this. That's okay. I totally there's your roots. So just talking about your oh roots. yeah, um, my roots, roots, <laughs> roots. Okay, that's a segue. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm very. I'm excited that I can share my voice with you guys because, for real, that was a thing I was very shy about at first. I, I kind of want to take a little bit of a deeper look into how, because you're saying you were you were shy initially with your voice, but now you're a vocal teacher, which is the absolute opposite of being shy with your voice, right? That's so how how did you get to that point? What was the breaking point? Like, what, what happened with that? Hmm, I guess I spent 10 years recording my voice and it, like getting through the like hatred of it. <laughs> okay. Um, because I, I really believed that when I would sing, something would happen to me because okay. I always struggled with depression mm-hmm. and I, whenever I would sing, it would make that a lot less, but it really did depend on what I was singing, the words I was singing. Um, and so I went to the Hare Krishnas. <laughs> And the Hare Krishnas would just kind of chant. Um, they didn't really care what their voice sounded like. That wasn't mm-hmm. really the point. Right. So I'd be like obsessive about it. Like, I got to make my voice better. I got to make it better because I, I hear it and I hear other people's voice and I heal from their voice. And there's something about the voice. I got to make it better. But I was like trying really hard. Mm-hmm. And the Hare Krishnas, they would just give you food give you water. They made like a vegetarian meal and it it was really cheap for students. And they would sit under the sun on this blanket with a harmonium and just do a call and response. Really Mm -hmm. simple. Mm -hmm. Explain what the harmonium is. Um, It's a little, it has a keyboard on it, but it's about the size of a large shoebox, maybe two shoeboxes on top of each other. And it has like an accordion back to it. So you'll like play, you'll have pump it with air. So it's like an organ and you have a tiny little key. So, so you're playing pitches, essentially. Yeah. So they're and then they bend in and out off of the pitches, correct? Yeah, it's like legit pitches, not really bends. And then there's drums, like frame drumming. Yeah, the drums, and they'll do stuff like here's a mantra. It's like my favorite one was Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. 
Rama, Rama, Hare. And then everyone would reply. Wow, that's good. Like, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. And then you do that over and over again. And there'd be other melodies as well. But they didn't have to explain anything to me. They just sat there and called in response. And we just all chanted until we didn't care about what our voices sounded like. We were just all connecting with the energy. That's so cool. Yeah, and I didn't understand the words. It's All the words are are just the most... It was explained to me as Hare Krishna is the most loving name for that entity that we call God. It feels good in your mouth. That's what they said. It feels good to say those syllables and those sounds. Hare Krishna. Where are you going to do this? Like a temple or something? No, it was in the middle of our like it's school. Outdoors. Yeah, oh. it was in front of the library at University of Florida. When you would go to the library, they'd just be there. Are these students? Nah, there's like a temple near the school. And so they would go and serve lunch there. So you would just go to Library West and get Hare Krishna lunch. That's so so cool. Yeah. Most people didn't chant. You know, most people would just get lunch and go. But I (laughs) obviously. Sounds like people. Right. I would obviously (laughs) be like, you guys are doing something. We're just here for the free lunch. (laughs) No chanting necessary. (laughs) I'm not here to chant. It was a small little group, yeah, but I just kind of sat with them and was like, yeah, are we chanting? Okay, let's do this. And that broke me out of my shell. Like, okay. that made me more comfortable singing around people because I would just remember how I felt when I was singing with the Hare Krishnas, which was very relaxed. And, mm-hmm. and then my voice started to get better. And then I would sing at churches, which I never really wanted to go sing in churches very much because I'm not, like, you know, aligned with any one specific dogma. Uh, but yeah, I was like, okay, I'll sing some Jesus songs right on. So I'll, uh, it became way easier for me to perform music in any spiritual type of setting. So there's a lot of spirituality that influences my music and not like a specific religion. Like I wouldn't say I'm a Christian artist. I would say that, uh, I am a spiritual art. Yeah. Or a conscious artist. Cause even the word spiritual now is coming off weird for people. They're like, I don't like all these people that are like, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, that word's already getting overused. So like just conscious of things that you don't always see conscious of the vibrations, conscious of the energy, um, and trying to actually create healing sounds, um, in all kinds of ways that we're psychologically traumatized right now, just as an American country. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot of trauma, and music can help with it. So, Do you think that your um, alignment with, I guess, what we were talking about as spirituality and the fact that you were going, doing it through different um, religious-slash-spiritual outlets, do you think that you're opening up through, through that avenue had to do with the community? Like, in the, you know, the sense of community that those things bring or um, what, what do you think that, that came from as far as why was that the avenue that helped open you up as huh. opposed to anything else? I think because before that it was always about like being good, like at singing or okay. being good yeah. at an instrument. It was about technicality and this and that. And one thing people would always say is you're not opening up enough. You haven't let go. I'm like, what does that mean? Like all these really good singers, they'd be like, you just haven't let go. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. I'm just going to keep trying really hard. Um, and you know, recording myself and doing it over and over again, not drinking enough water, which by the way, ah, always drink water. <laughs> And the chanting is kind of like that. It's like letting go and you're just like, you're more just, you're freeing your mind into these pitches and you're not worried about, oh, I'm hitting every little note a certain way. You're just like, you're into almost a meditative state and sound and tones that you're singing. 
And that takes you into a spiritual place. I know you say spiritual is overused, but, you know, it takes you to a spiritual inner sort of place with other people as a community in a group setting. And I could see how that'd be very healing uh, for the mind, body, and spirit. You know, it's, it's just like going to church. You know, Christians go to church and... Except and, if you can't let go at the church you're at. See, that's the thing. Right, right. But yes. And th- there is that. There definitely is that. That's, that's, that's a whole other thing. But, you know, you go, a lot of Christian folks will go to church. They sing. They feel good afterwards because you're releasing that. Uh, you have that community energy that you're releasing in song and praise or whatnot. Uh, it's the same thing if you go to a Native American church or you go to, uh, I mean, there's Jewish music out there yeah i mean there's all kinds of music that is involved in religion and whatnot and you get into a a group setting where everybody's sort of putting it in together there's something magical that happens yeah i i think that when you're directing your energy more towards or your thoughts more about how am i going to connect with this emotion or not even but like for me it's like connecting with something that's higher than me like connecting with this vibe, um, which it's hard to describe, but some people would call God. Yeah. I mean, it, for me, it's an energy. It's a vibrational thing that is there that connects people on certain wavelengths for lack. I did go to electrical engineering school, so I talk a lot in terms of that, but it really does apply. Didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have that. We need some stuff soldered. Yeah, you know what's funny is that they make technicians do that. I wasn't allowed to solder when I worked. You never soldered? I I did. I did. I soldered a lot. I made a loop pedal, actually. Uh, It was called Digi Loops. It was a digital loop pedal. He just fixed our DI box. Sorry, I'm not talking into the mic, David. Uh That's okay. He just re-soldered our our direct box. I mean, he likes doing that stuff. I I did that stuff in school. I'm not into soldering. Uh, I like soldering. It's, It's fun. It's meditative. But, yeah, when you're an electrical engineer working, they have technicians to do the soldering. Uh, in some places. In I just don't have the patience. So what do you do as an electrical engineer? If well, not, like, well, I mean, in soldering, I say it's des- kind of menial work, but... Yeah. You know, um, well, I was doing tests. Designing stuff? Yeah, people do <clears throat> can design stuff, but a lot of time you're simulating it on the computer. Gotcha. Um, so what I got to do was more like hands-on actual hardware, mm-hmm. um, but it was like running tests. So we had like a test board and you'd like, you know, check resistances and change wires out and... Um, just try to find bugs in these chips that would go in smartphones, basically. Right. Um, but yeah, I wanted to solder. <laughs> I, so, sometimes I got to. He just got a new soldering iron. <laughs> it's not important. It's not that new, <laughs> but, you know. I had to solder the inside my preamp of my guitar, and it was like operation, I swear. I was like, if I would shake a little bit, it would burn, like, the plastic around. So I'm just like, oh, God, this is the hardest soldering job of my life. Like, Wasn't there an area, like, open it up to get to the electrical components? I Not not really. Like, I no. couldn't really. I had to, like, take it. You'll see in the ovation, or I don't know where uh, it is. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. it's installed into the actual so guitar. Pull it out or something? I pulled it out, but, yeah, you still have to, like, reach in into a compartment. So it was it was fun. <laughs> it was the most difficult soldering job I had ever done. <laughs> so how long have you had that ovation? Nobody plays ovations anymore. And I find that that's interesting that you have one, especially one like that, because it's kind of an I think it's an older model. Or are they still making them like that? Um, that's a 2005, I believe. Yeah. And it's a celebrity ovation. Um, they have a very bright tone. They do. 
um, I just, I fell in love with that guitar. It was my first model of guitar. I had one before that, but when I was filming the Set Fire music video, I lost it. And when I lost it, I was so upset. I wanted to get like the same model of guitar. Um, so I found it on eBay and it was in that color, um, which is way awesome. Like I really like that orange sunburst color and it's got the leaves on it, which is very natureful. Uh, so. Which is in the video, find yourself. However, today you played on a Taylor, which I thought sounded incredible. It's got a little more low mids and it's a little fuller. The ovation, it's got a real, ovations have a distinct sound. They really do. And I like it. It's, it's, it's got a real brightness to it. But uh, anyway. I did like playing the Taylor, though. I'm always like open to try out new guitars. And it's a baby Taylor, right, David? It's a GS Mini. It's cool. It's yeah. it's it's super portable, you know. Yeah. I like it. I got a campfire jam for it. I like the way it felt and the yeah. strings. The, yeah, it all worked out really well. I think I need to change my strings. <laughs> yeah, I need to get new ones as well. But I like that it was small. I'd like to maybe go into your songwriting a little bit, as far as what uh, what is your inspiration for the songs that you write and why. I know that's a broad question, I mean, but where pretty, does that take you? Pretty much all the stuff we talked about. I can get specific over the different yes, songs yeah, that we did today. So please. Find Yourself um, was actually written for, it was written many, many times. And I just couldn't get it right. I couldn't figure out how this song should be. I just know I had this melody in my head. I couldn't stop singing that melody for like two years. And so what inspires me is the music. First off, I get melodies in my head that won't go away. And so I just lay them down and then put chords and music behind them on piano, guitar, whatever I sing and put it back. And then then it just stays there and, and becomes it doesn't really stay there, but it sits for a while until I feel like I can converge on words and words for me are challenging. Um, I. I feel like I have to choose words carefully, and I overthink words a lot, especially in my songwriting. Right. Uh, so that song, finally, the day that it happened, and then it was done, because it took a long time, <laughs> was when my sister was graduating. Mm -hmm. And I had, a, I had written some of it while, when I had graduated. So it became this sort of like testament to you've made it. You've like hit this milestone, um, like whatever you've been working towards, you're there, but you know that there's so much more to go. And so it became that, that what it is now. Um, and I always have to go back to it because there's always moments where you feel like you lost yourself. you like, you find yourself. Yeah, I finished my thing that I was going to do. I got my thing and now my future is ahead of me. And then like, you know, two years down the road, you're like, oh my God, who am I? What's happening? Yeah, I lost it's always like a subjective thing, right? Like it just changes throughout the course of your life. As yeah, that's a normal cycle of life, yeah. I think. You know, you go through phases where you have insecurities and you're feeling like, uh, you know, I'm not where I'm supposed to be, you know, and then you're like, man, I'm knocking it out. I'm doing it. I know what's going on. I got this. And then you're like, do I? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, I think it's a natural up and down.
the set fire song because you had mentioned that that song is about uh suicide yeah so that song was inspired originally by a story that i was told and the story goes like this so there's a circus performer and he likes to light himself on fire that's his act and he gets a job with the fair so they travel with the fair. He's really happy. He, everyone's telling him, yeah, man, like he's young. So everyone's saying, yeah, man, come on. Like you can do whatever you want here. Get away from your parents. Get away from school. Like Pinocchio, the story of Pinocchio. Um, only 
in this case, it's a guy who lights himself on fire. <laughs> Slightly darker. <laughs> Not and he wanted to be a real boy. Uh, <laughs> real so, dead boy. Yeah. So he ends up getting involved in this crew and he's trapped there because it's not like it pays very much and sometimes he doesn't get paid at all and he's there in a tent and doesn't have gas money to leave because they're out in the middle of nowhere most of the time and so even if he wanted to go he really can't so it's just like a wow look at that um so of course he feels like where was he he lost himself in that moment and he decided that he would not put himself out of fire at the performance Mm. that next day so, so that, he burned to death. Gotcha. Yeah, which is the That's most painful way to go, pretty rough. much. Like, I was just taken aback by that story. I thought it was so dark. It freaked me out. <laughs> like, it really did. Um, I thought, uh, the good news is, oh, I'll, I'll save that for later. I'll save the good news for the end. No. It's, it's, what's the good news now? <laughs> We're depressed now. Okay, We're the good news is the guy didn't people. actually die. They, oh. they, he, he was fine. He lived. But I thought he died when He's I heard this story. <laughs> I found out after I wrote the song that he actually didn't die, and I was so embarrassed because I go to my friend. I'm like, dude, that story you told me, I feel so bad about your friend, and I hope you're not offended, but I wrote this song that was inspired by that story because it was his friend. And he's like, oh, dude, he didn't actually die, though. <laughs> You're like, well, he is dead in the song. <laughs> I know. So I was like, oh god, I exposed my soul, and you know, whatever. It's all that ridiculousness. So that that was that inspiration for that song. Um, and I guess the whole thing was though that I was that was before the Hare Krishnas. So I'm like obsessed, like trying to get this song right and perfect and everything. So in the end, like I want to kill myself, like for trying, Sweet. That for trying to great. record this song. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And so, yeah, there's a lot of like raw emotion in that song that's literally recorded like desperation and like tired, tired desperation in that song right there, um, which is. Yeah, that's part of songwriting is capturing the emotion. And some people out there really might be feeling that right now, that that wanting to just say, you know what, this body is limiting me and it's I don't want it anymore. You know, I just want to be free of it and like let my energy go out. It's not even that dark when you think about it that way sometimes, right? You're just like, this body is a, a prison and that's really dark, right? But at the same time, there's rebirth, that's the whole thing with the phoenix burns within you. So sometimes we do feel like we are being destroyed, like we are burning. And that is okay. That happens to everybody um, because you're being reborn. And you have to allow that. Birth is a painful process for everybody involved. But that's life. And um, it makes you stronger. So that's I go, I go back to that song quite a bit whenever I am feeling that like desperation because I feel like it's it's echoed in that song and I understand, like I feel the pain. And then I remember at that end, the Phoenix burns within me, you know? Uh-huh. So that's that song. <laughs> Reminds me of the story of, uh, I'm going to date myself here and, and probably pigeonhole myself, but that's okay. But, uh, Slipknot has a song called Purity about, a a girl named Purity who was supposed to have, the whole story is it was this girl who was, um, buried alive essentially. And she was, communicating with this kid because they whoever buried her like installed this oxygen tube up to the to the surface kind of deal and so this kid was talking to her the whole thing ended up out it turned out to be fake but you can find like files of it online or at least 
years ago when they first released that song, you could. And so it seemed very real, you know what I mean? And so they wrote this whole song for this this kid who was buried alive. And it was it's a phenomenal song. It's a, it's a rare one because I think they actually ended up having to re-release that record. when they Once they found out that it wasn't real, they pulled that song off and replaced it with another one. Um, so the people who know that song, who they, they typically tend to be the the real fans, I guess, who actually really know that song. But it's very similar from from what I've gathered.
What's your most personal song that you've written? And it's not, it doesn't mean it has to be one you perform today, but just in general. And I, I'd like to talk to you about that and find out why it's your most personal and things like that. Hmm. I'm like, I'm exposing my soul here to you guys. You want please. more? You're like, please. This is good stuff. This is all good stuff. Pass it up. Yes, we want to get as deep as we can here. Jesus. <laughs> David likes to get deep. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, oh, we will. See, people who listen to podcasts, though, they're not listening to every word you say. They want the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they want the deep stuff. I mean, if, if someone's going to go through this and actually listen to this long and not, like, be like, what is going on? If there's, if you're still here right now, we're going to get deeper. The joke's on you. Oh, it's going to be broken to, We're about Hopefully. to get even deeper. We're going to keep them with the music and then just continue to go deeper. As deep as we can. That's the whole point. Wow. Yeah. As deep as you're comfortable going. All right. Yeah, that that's better. <laughs> I like that option. Yeah, so... um Set Fire is pretty personal. It makes everyone very uncomfortable, I'm sure, when I sing that song. So that's probably the most personal song. There is, like, a second most personal song, Well, though. personal as far as, like, the cl- which song hits closest to home for you? Because you just told us that Set oh. Fire was kind of about a friend's, a story that you heard from a friend about, you know, it was, it was tertiary, essentially. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so one that, like, was more inspired by, like, my, like, by me only, yes. not other people. Yeah, when you were going through crisis or whatever, you know what I mean? Like something that you wrote hmm. just... Love through. Lullaby, for uh, sure. Okay. Love Lullaby was that. And so that was on the second album, and in that time I was recording... name of the second album is Angel Grams, Angel yeah? Grams, okay. yeah. Um, I was recording with a producer here in town... Um, and his name is James Gibson. It's on the album and everything. So it's personal because it's hard to talk about. It's hard to talk about on a podcast. Uh, but in any case. You don't have to if you don't want to. But if you're comfortable, we'd like to we'd like to get to know you. Now, if you don't want to, just say pass and we can move on. Yeah, I know. It's not live or anything like that. I'm just trying to think of, like, the best way to phrase it. Um, well... I was going through a crisis. I really was. Um, And I was really worried about the words of the song because they just, I, the whole point was that I was unable to put this emotion into words and uh, it had to do with the relationship and nothing was working in the relationship as far as the ability to communicate. So I thought, well, maybe if words aren't working, I just have to write a song and maybe that will fix it somehow that I'll be able to magically communicate the feeling and the words that will solve this problem, you know, all these problems in a song. But then I was treating it like a song and I was trying too hard. So it wasn't coming across. And the producer knew that. He was like, this is this isn't there. Like the the emotion's not there. I'm not buying it. And I'm just like, it's there. It's there. (laughs) I'm feeling it. (laughs) I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it as much as I can feel it. He's just like, it's just, it's still not there. If you're trying to like solve this problem, if you're using this song, you know, to communicate this emotion that I know so well, because you've talked to me about it, you know, then you're like, you got to do it again. So I ended up like, praying before. That was interesting. There's the first 
part of that song, which was improvised for the most part at that point, because he had told me just like you guys say, which is just like, just feel it, just let it go. Don't try so hard on the notes and everything. And so I ended up praying, like saying, I can't do this without you. I need you. And that was me praying so that something else essentially would help me (laughs) to get this emotion across. And, um, you can listen to the song if you want. <laughs> you can see what, what emotion that is. But um, it was, it was I guess, revealing the side of me that's like surrendering, I would have to say. It's very, very personal because I think we all have a big ego. And we, like, I want to solve every problem and get everything right. And to realize that Maybe you can't always do that, you know, without some other thing or person or entity, just that vulnerability that you're able to express by saying, I'm not enough by myself. I need something else. I always had a hard time dealing with that. I was like, I don't need anything. I don't need anyone, right? I'm a bit uncomfortable talking about it, obviously, because it is the most personal song, Uh so all I will, what I will say to wrap it up is that when I heard the recording after I had prayed, I basically was like, oh, obviously delete that. Obviously. <laughs> that was a warm up. That was me praying and getting into an emotion, but that didn't work. There was a lot of weird notes. There was things that were out of tune. Like there's just a lot of imperfection in that. And clearly we're deleting that. And he was like, that's the keeper. Yes. That's exactly what he did. And I was like, no, no, it's not. It's definitely not. Like it's my recording. That's not going to get released. Like no way. And I just started being egotistical about it, you know, and just like, ah, defensive and not wanting to surrender not wanting to let it go and he just stands there and he's like no we're keeping it (laughs) see that's production so that story makes me want to listen to that song you know what i'm saying like just just you talking about that and opening up just i mean you didn't open up all the way which is totally fine i appreciate you sharing what you did but the fact just the the little bit that you did open up about that makes me want to go and listen to that song because of that so I appreciate it. That's what connects with people. You put yourself out there and it came from the heart. And when it comes from the heart, it's going to connect. And that's, that's what people feel because they've been there. They've had a similar situation that they're relating to your situation. And that moves them. Yeah, it moves me when I listen to it even because, I mean, yeah, I have to go back to that song a lot too when I'm dealing with like relationships falling apart basically. And... um it doesn't sound like me singing it sometimes. Sometimes I forget it's me because it was so foreign when I heard it. Uh, but yeah, I basically, I had to go to the bathroom and like cry, like while listening to this recording and be like, I don't want it to be released. And eventually like the more he played it back, the more I started to like it. And then I started to love it. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I would have deleted that if it hadn't been for him, which is why I would strongly recommend artists get a producer, man. Like, even if you know how to do it yourself, you're going to delete it. (laughs) Yeah. It's good to have an outside set of ears that, you know, they have their own vision. Well, not only that, but like in this case, somebody who is willing to push someone to say, 
this is personal. You need to push this. This is music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's a good producer. Yeah, right. He, he's an amazing. He's very like he combines artist development with production, which I think What's is his so name? important. James Gibson. And he's local. Yeah, he is local. Yeah, I would very rec- much recommendation. Lots of recommendation for him. Yeah. <laughs> much recommendation. <laughs> much, so many recommendations. <laughs> All the recs. Yeah, he he did produce um, Angel Grams in full. It was a song a week project, so he worked hard as well as I, uh, you know, to get a song out every week, and just. Is higher than angels on that record? Higher than the angels is on the first one. So everything you brought in today is on your first record, right? Find yourself. Yep. Correct, except for the cover that you brought in. Yeah, that's a f- Florence and the Machine. Yeah, that's yeah. that's cool. Um, but yeah, the second record is amazing, and um, you should check it out. K-R-Y-S-T-I on Spotify. <laughs> Angelgrams. And YouTube. Raw, real, uplifting. And Google Play Music. All of that. Yeah. Just Google my name, and you'll find something. Gotcha. It's spelled strange enough to where you'll find it. <laughs> So what are you looking to do with um, your musical adventure? So, I mean, this seems to me like the beginning of what you've got going on. Where are you looking to go with it? What are you, where are you looking to take it? I would like to be in music therapy. Okay, sure. meaning what? Meaning that exploring genres and sounds that really get into the brain and help solve neurological disorders. Um, that is really something that needs to happen more and more. Well, give us an example. Like, talk us through something. Like Here's what? a... So, yeah, a neurological disorder. I have... So, I started teaching music because I'm really drawn to helping people using music, um, as you can tell. And so, some of my favorite people to help was, like, the stroke patient. And she had lost half of her face, par- paralyzed. And she used to sing. And she was just starting to play guitar when it happened. And she was so upset that she couldn't play music anymore. And her name was Sarah. So I like went in there and gave her breathing exercises and voice lessons and um, certain uh, activities that we did strengthened her voice again. And it gave her um, the ability to sing at her... She told me that she used to get um, told to mouth it. Like, just don't sing, just mouth it in her choir. But she said that after taking voice lessons with me, she was singing, like, you know, first they asked her to lead a song. And so she really improved and was just crying. Like, this woman was in tears, like, giving me this ridiculously long testimony about how much music impacted her. And she was hopeless and, like, ready to go. And and she was, like, revitalized by it. Like... I mean, at one point I visited her and she was just so done. Like she didn't even want to sing. Like she was just like done. And she was like, can you just perform for me? And I performed her clinging from, no, not clinging. I performed uh, Clarity, which is on Angel Grams also for her. And she said that I just chose that song because it had lyrics that I thought would lift her up. It's all about, you know, um, it's kind of another depression song. It's has that theme, but it's about how to deal with the depression. Uh, get out your head and get into your heart. You won't see the end. If you never start when your heart and your head align, that's where clarity lies. So, you know, she overthinks things. A lot of people do, but she does. And her thoughts and her overthinking stuff was, like, getting in the way of her wanting to be alive. So I, like, sang that song, and it really inspired her. So um, that that gave me—so people who suffer with depression, 
they uh, tend to feel like they don't have a purpose on the planet. You know what I mean? Like they, it's not that they're like, oh, I just don't want to exist anymore. It's like, oh, when I do exist, um, things aren't as great for people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a, I want to say it's like a, a form of self-hate in a way because you don't, you only see how you're hurting the planet. You don't see how you're helping the planet. Mm-hmm. So, um, though, like that allows. <sighs> I guess that leaves room for that person to feel like, okay, if I'm healing other people through some way, then I am doing good and I'm somehow like healing myself. Healing others like heals myself. It is a win-win. That that's a that's a great thing. <laughs> I mean, you, you had been talking to me uh, the other day about it and that you were wanting to get more into that that sort of field and maybe even get some kind of psychology degree or something to go along with it. Yeah. And I mean, music is definitely healing. And if you can help people and you enjoy music and you can help people, that's a great thing. Yeah. It's It's a whole package. Um, And it sounds like you've had some interesting, you know, experience helping people really overcome almost physical handicaps or, or, you know. Oh, absolutely. Like with the latest student. um, So latest student I have, he's an older guy. He plays tennis and he has just so much tension. So the first thing we do in singing exercises is we like get really loose and stretch our necks, our jaws, our, you know, all of this upper body. And I just noticed when he was doing the stretches, man, the guy couldn't do the stretches. Um, so you said he couldn't even do a neck roll. Nah, like he was having a hard time with it. Yeah. And so when I noticed that I immediately said, okay, we're prolonging the stretches. They're almost half the lesson now. So we do a lot of that. And his problem that he was having is that his vocal cords um, like are different lengths almost. It's almost like one is shorter than the other. You saw the video. And he showed me a video of the inside of his mouth. Yeah, and I could see how they were acting because his doctor, you know, made a video. And it, it was weird, I will say, but he didn't have any sort of trauma or surgery or anything. It just happened one day. Hmm. So for me, I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm a doctor or anything like that. But when I saw the tension and I saw that and I know that tennis uses one arm primarily and uh, I just thought, well, maybe he's tensing up that side of his body. Mm-hmm. And it's like so much tension that it's actually making his vocal cords affected by it. That's incredible. I mean, I know people hold tension in different various places of their body. Some people hold it in their colon or their gut or their back or their neck, you know, and he's holding it in his neck. Yeah. And and it is crazy. So, I mean, it's just crazy to see how tense his neck is and the way that he describes tennis now that we've done the stretches how he says oh I stretch and I hit the ball faster and I'm like my tennis game is improving for my voice lessons who knew my tennis game would improve (laughs) you know and I'm just like so that tells me you've been chronically tense Mm -hmm. like you've been playing tennis tense your whole life tennis tense tennis tense (laughs) and and even when like sometimes when he really tries because he's the type that really really tries really hard and I get that because I'm that way face twitches and he, his voice cracks. Yeah, his, and and I can see his jaw tensing and his neck tensing, and I'm like, yes, I know this because I've dealt with this before because I've had that. I've had that problem, which is, I mean, I guess that's something that I, makes me want to teach I because I wasn't really good at singing. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that's what I was telling you. I was shy right. and it wasn't good, but um, 
so and like people come to me and they have all these problems with their voice and I'm like, there's nothing I haven't seen. There's nothing I haven't overcome in like the next thing I want to do is actually take opera lessons because that's one thing that I still have to overcome with my voice is like opening up to that extent and that takes training. So I take vocal lessons myself um, to train my own voice. So I do feel like qualified in the exercises that I'm giving these students. And I do believe that they are rehabilitating them in a way because of the results with the student that has the neck tension. When we do certain exercises afterwards, the cracking goes away. His voice is deeper. Like you can hear, you can hear that it's strengthening his low range and he's learning how to position the air in a certain and part. And loosen up his face and his neck and jaw yeah. And pronounce. Uh, yeah. I've noticed a difference because I talked to him the other day. Mm-hmm. It was totally different from when he came in and signed up for this. And the other thing is that these people, when they have these disabilities, their mind is really insecure. Like they have a lot of psychological problems that they're also dealing with, insecurities, which also causes tension and all this stuff. So in addition to that, the music, you also, as a songwriter, you deal with emotions a lot and communication and that type of thing. So for the people that don't know, I, I just realized that we hadn't even made the connection, but Christy teaches voice and piano lessons at the store, the music store where I work. And uh, that's sort of how I have was introduced to you. Yeah, and that's right. I teach at music and arts. <laughs> yeah. And Vance works at music and arts and, uh, you know, we can edit that out if you want. Probably will. <laughs> <laughs> we don't you know what? Here, let's say this. How about I say this? <clears throat> I do music. teach private lessons, um, piano, voice, ukulele, guitar, ukulele for little kids, um, which is also great. It's, it's nice to – I like to teach small children music as well because it does help some – it's help with some of their ADD, actually. So – I have a lot of students that have like neurological disorders or physical disorders in a way. And they're my, like, they're the students that, that give me, I I don't want to say the most fulfillment, but I want more of them. (laughs) I want more of those uh, students for sure. So that's, that's where I want to go with music. Okay. Yeah. Well, you were talking about operatic singing. Is that, is that something you genuinely want to do and get into or is that more of just like a milestone than like like something to overcome it's a milestone overcome i don't want to be an okay. opera singer i just want to learn like i feel like when i hear someone singing opera i'm like my mind blows mm-hmm. and i'm like how does the human body how is it possible that the human body can sound like that their their whole body is vibrating mm-hmm. and i'm like there must be some sort of healing thing that's going on there they're able to open up to that extent they like take it from down deep from the chest you know yeah they the utilize their entire torso to push that level up you know dr drew's an opera singer what yeah i don't know really? if y'all are aware of that but dr I was Drew's, not aware yeah, of that he's trained operatically Wow. I want to be trained operatically. Yeah, definitely. Especially because I think it helps with the belting, like the big, powerful singing, which I really like. I, I like big, powerful singing. Uh, I also like the Celtic pretty, woo, like lullaby stuff. But, you know, when you're a singer, you just want to do all kinds of stuff with your voice. Yeah, sure. It'd be like, I don't know, I guess like a, like a chef, you know what I mean? Learning all different kinds of techniques in order to hone their own kind of thing. Exactly. You know, kind of thing. 
Yeah. Kind of. Which is why Find Yourself is multi-genre. It has a lot of different genres. Like, it has everything from reggae-inspired to uh, blues um, to, like, pop rock feeling, electronic. Uh, I like to do a lot of different genres to find myself, find my music style. Okay. And was that the the point in producing that song in that way? Yeah, the point of that whole first album was that. It was to explore a ton of different genres um, and while kind of going along and having them flow into each other and Mm -hmm. uh, like telling the story of the progression of somebody who may have been trying really hard in a dark place, very like technically minded, almost like a robot transforming into an artist mm-hmm. and letting go of a lot of the there's just so much to let go of psychologically um so it's it's that progression told in the words the lyrics the song themes as you go through it mm-hmm. so um to be specific we are machines um is the second song which is really <laughs> electronic sounding uh because it's about a human and a computer basically mm-hmm. having an argument. Okay. So, and we are machines. Um, they, th- the machine is like being forced into going all night, and so is the person running it. I have that problem on a daily basis at work. Machines don't like me. They don't. And the machines are like being yelled at by the humans. The humans are like, you're so slow to go faster. And they're just like, no, like they don't have free will. So they talk about how they don't have any free will. And then the person, so it's like a dialogue between a machine and a person. I go back between a robo voice and like a pretty or like human voice. So, um, and then in the end, the machine like awakens and it's like asking questions like, what does it mean? You know, I'm no longer part of this collective. I'm like my own individualness. And then it has to pass out at the end of the song because it's so tired, you know, just like we all are. And it's the song is like we are machines, like we have so much in common, like we push ourselves sometimes as if we were machines. And even the machines need to rest. That could be made into a movie. It, I actually write songs with film in mind. Usually I'm like, I'd like to tell stories more than like radio songs. To the right there are 
you've got a lot going on emotionally and mentally and I feel like what I'm gathering from you is I I feel like you've got some things that you're not quite ready to express to the world yet but there's a lot there and um, I I, I think that once you're ready to actually completely just say fuck it and and express yourself as you are wholly to the world um, that is going to be a, a pretty incredible musical experience. I feel like there, there's more going on with you than what you're presenting to us or what you've even presented to the music. Hmm. And well, I mean, there's, there, there, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I gotta stay somewhat stay mysterious. Stay for the next record. <laughs> like, right. I am a, a female living in the world of Trump, not to get political or anything. But yeah, I express a lot in the music. And if you listen to it, you'll hear a lot. Read the lyrics. There's a lot going on in there. Um, oh, I, I'm aware. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my mom is like, why are you, why are you telling people about this and telling people about that? I'm just like, man, because I got to tell someone. I'll go, I'll just go stark bananas. <laughs> stark bananas. <laughs> so, get it out of me. Where your parents live? Oh, that's a personal question. <laughs> no, I mean, they live, Bolivia. In, America. They live in America. They're, they're here. <laughs> They're do new. they do they are they have they always been supportive of your music? Well, so um not like sometimes. Okay. So See, this is the kind of shit that I'm talking about like I'm the like, very personal stuff so like the stuff that they'll like hate me for. Mom, dad, like, if you're listening, like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so I'm talking honest. about like the stuff that's very much you, you know. I feel like you've almost like you started out the the podcast saying you were shy to sing. I feel like you're shy to talk about yourself. You're very comfortable talking about these other situations and like secondary experiences in your music. Then you went with you told us about the personal song, the the lullaby song that you were talking about, but I feel like there's more in there that you haven't explored per like He's like James out, Gibson. Outwardly yet. He's I don't like, know what that means. He's just but. like James Gibson. He's a he's a good producer. Look I just, at that. I feel he's like, like I feel like because the artist's like I'm giving you everything, everything. Nah, man. Nah, Dig this deep, deeper again. <laughs> just saying, I can I can. Hear I think it. a lot of artists feel that way. I think a lot of us feel like we're exposing ourselves, and but maybe I mean, some are more comfortable exposing more than others. <laughs> well, because you know, you know I mean? what I mean. Like you got to be careful with the internet and stuff. I mean, don't you guys feel like security? Uh, like, well, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's right, there's a difference between like being a part of the fappening versus being honest with like music about yourself, right? You know what I mean? Like being exposed with being hacked into internet wise, like you're talking about, yeah, right? which happened to me and that yeah. sucked, just right, <laughs> which is shitty, but um, being a musician, a lot of a lot of people kind of they have this expectation of with musicians they they want that musician to be pouring themselves out into the music you know what i mean they feel like 
the entire reason that a person is a musician or even an actor for that for that matter is because they want to be in the spotlight. They want to present themselves as who they are to everybody else. Otherwise, what's the point, right? And so the people connect most with the artists who actually do that, the actors, the musicians, so on and so forth, who actually connect and and divulge the most of themselves, like as, as more of themselves than most other people, if that makes any kind of sense. The ones who kind of hold it back People can can feel that and they can sense I that. I told you about my suicide story. <laughs> I mean, you don't think so. You don't think that the reason why that story got to me so much is because I didn't feel the exact same way as that guy, and it was just an easier way to express that emotion without hurting my family, you know, without making my whole circle of people worry about me a lot. To just tell a story about something that I was feeling. Sure. It's almost like because of the kids. That's how you teach kids too, right? Yeah. Like if you were a guy trying to teach a kid a lesson, you wouldn't like necessarily make it about real people. You would make fantastical characters and like something that's easier to digest so that they can take the message and not be freaked out and like make it all dark and oh my God, Christina needs help. She just, you need to like have an intervention. Take away the music. She's gotta blow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sure, no, and, and I get so that. So you gotta survive somehow, yeah. right? You gotta find a way to like express it while still but at the same time, you being wanna, mysterious. You, at the same time, as an adult, you want to be able to relate to other adults. Oh, which is why I tell you. I'm like, yeah, there are I other adults who feel the same way you yeah. know what I mean? so you may not have to color it like you would do with a kid you know what I mean does that make sense well that's why I'm like yo I struggle from you know depression and I have yeah. to go back to this song and that song yeah. I was feeling it like I was like set me on fire has, when I was yeah, singing that song has a little bit of that though like right yeah. but that's what they relate to They're like that's yeah. what I'm saying that's what people connect to because they can feel that when an artist is being genuine and they're actually pouring themselves out into what's going on with their that's music somebody can feel that you I, know I mean? guarantee you and, when and, that and, set fire one um, I, I can hear you and I, I love what you're saying in set fire everything that's on that album or that's on that song is me wanting to set myself on fire right. <laughs> and other people have felt that same thing Mm -hmm. And they will relate to that. You right. Know? I'm Absolutely. not saying everyone, but I'm saying people will relate. And the thing is what they see is like, so let's take this, this example that we're and using. Some might judge. That's, that's true. That's totally, everybody's going to judge. Gonna be you can't base what you do off of, of the what fact that somebody else is going to judge you. Judge you know me. <laughs> right. Judge you, you know, <laughs> but, um, the thing is, so using the example of, of suicide, Right. Somebody who might be listening to an artist's song about suicide will see that that artist is obviously very much still alive and kicking, even though their song is about suicide. So what they're hearing and what they're seeing are, are contradictory. So they'll, they'll relate to the song as in, I, yes, I have had plenty of thoughts of suicide. I'm not in a great place right now, right? But they'll see that that artist who is connecting with them musically is still alive. So that gives them hope. They hear the song, and then they see the hope. Does that make sense? I'm getting weird with this. No, that's but, absolutely right. That's right. why I do it. That's right. why I express the emotions. And, and then right. they say, maybe I don't need to do, go through with this because other people, I'm not alone. Right, and they're able to relate thing. to what's so you're going helping on. people. So the pouring good. out of the genuine self is what people latch on to. People can... can um, sense when something isn't quite as honest as it should be or maybe if it's not quite there you know what i mean but when it's when it's unabashedly you people pick up on that instantaneously 
It's very quick and very easy for people to do. Those are the songs that connect with people. And I feel like you've got more of that coming. I feel like there's stuff in there that you're not quite comfortable um, opening the floodgates to just yet. Mm-hmm. That's where I was going with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely for some songs, but not for all songs. Uh, that's what Angelgrams was all about, really. That was the idea. It was like, hey, if we make a song every week, you can't over-edit it. It's going to end up being really honest about whatever is going on. Right. Um, so that was the beauty of that, which actually helped really... Um, and I would recommend anybody to do kind of a song a day or a song a week if you're an artist. And that's like a great artist development tool because... It helps you overcome, like, it's don't edit yourself so much, like raw, real, uplifting. And the reason uplifting is because um, I feel like, for me, I want more songs that can find the light in a dark situation. I want more of that in media and in what I listen to, Mm -hmm. because that's powerful. Like, if I'm constantly listening to, like, breakup songs, like, a lot of the radio is, like, like breakup songs. Um, a lot of songs are written based around love in one way or another. Love mm-hmm. for somebody, love for something, lost love. Because people write songs about things they feel strongly about right. and love something people feel strongly about. Going back, you said your parents had, were somewhat supportive, somewhat maybe not always supportive. And it, if you don't want to talk about this, cool. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to put you in the spot because you said it was a very personal they're, they're, thing. But I, I'm just I curious. will say they're very supportive now. Like, they're extremely supportive. But growing up, were they like, you know, maybe this isn't like a a way to make a living or... Yeah, like any parents, you know, they're like, that is filled with... That culture is filled with drugs. Well, what did they... (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't face your living on that. What what would they rather have seen you do? I mean, something that... Something that I already tried, I guess. Um... Like Some, a doctor or a lawyer or Electrical or engineering. Like, yeah, Electrical like, engineering. Right. Yeah. My family actually has a lot of engineers. And uh, of our close cousins, the first one did become an engineer. So she kind of led the way for all the girls, set the example. Strong, independent, tough woman. Um, Do so, you have siblings? I have a sister. Mm-hmm. Older or younger? Older. Yeah. I, I am the youngest of uh, a sister and then two half-sisters. How old are you, by the way? That's a personal question. You don't question. ask it women that. That is a question. You're right. <laughs> That's a personal question. I would ask a man that, so I'm going to ask a woman that because... I am Because you're not sexist. Right. Ageist. <laughs> not that either. Uh, I, am, I am a young person, uh, but I'm not that young. <laughs> I, I did okay. graduate from a four-year degree, so I'm at least that old. All right, so uh, you're at least 22. <laughs> at least that old. Um, not... I can still have kids, I guess, so anyway. So you're not quite... 50. Right. So somewhere between 22 and 50. That narrows it down. All right. Quite a bit. That's my age. Right. Okay. <laughs> What's my age again? So, I mean, yeah, it was just typical, like, stuff like that. Everyone has that story. Like, I mean, what parent is really like, yes, 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 go for it, music forever and always. It's like, oh, that could be your hobby. You know, you could do something that makes money to support the music. That makes sense. I guess when music. I say supportive, though, because I work in a music store, I'm dealing with parents all the time. And my parents are very supportive of, of me, you know, through my musical career. And I find that people that are good at what they do and are successful, usually it's one of two things. Either their parents were pretty uh, supportive and, like, helped helped them along as they went, or their parents were like, don't do that, and they rebelled. You You know, know, it was one of those two things. It was, I would say that on that spectrum, they were extremely supportive because I had a piano at home. My mom was trying to teach me uh, music theory when I was very young. I had piano lessons. When I played clarinet, I got private clarinet lessons. And 
um, I practiced in my room every night and they never were like, shut up, stop mm-hmm. playing that stupid, you know, <laughs> now I do annoying things <laughs> like, you know, annoying. So you played clarinet middle school and high school band? Yeah. Did you mar- do marching band? I did. I marched. Awesome. Yeah, I was, I actually made it all the way to state. I was like one of the first parts. I was on first part in state and all state. I was first chair and I was into it. You know what I mean? When <laughs> like, did you start playing guitar? Though? When I went to college. So, well, no, I was 15. I was 15 and I started messing around in songwriting because I wanted to sing and I backed myself up in clarinet. Obviously you can't sing at the same time. So did your parents like help you with like lessons and things like that? Yeah, they, I had a, some guitar lessons and I did have some voice lessons back then, but they weren't, I didn't really like the teacher. So I didn't really, uh, do more voice lessons. With when them. did you get into piano? Uh, I was, I was uh, playing piano when I was younger just cause it was in the house. And, uh, was your parents play, did your mom play or? My dad, well, my dad plays guitar. Oh, cool. Yeah, he would, like, yeah, my dad definitely got me into music, I would say. He's, um, he's classical. He's plays really? classical guitar. He's pretty good. Well, yeah, he plays, like, Latin tangos and that type of stuff. It's really cool. Have you guys played together? Yeah. You've collaborated? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we've collaborated a lot. So I, that's what I'm saying. My parents, like, are very, very supportive, actually. Um, they got me like a wireless mic. They got me a PA like as a present. And um, from there, I was able to really like become like a present musician in Austin because without um, like without a PA as a vocalist, it can be pretty challenging. Definitely. So, yeah, like they were extremely supportive in a lot of ways. There's a lot that I did, though, that kind of initiated them to be like, oh, she's really serious about this, you know, and she's not going to stop doing this. So we're going to like, you know, be a part of that. Um, because Sounds family, like good parents. Yeah. Family is very important for us. I'm very lucky, like to be very close with my family. And You're pretty close to your sister. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wrote find yourself for my sister. Basically, that's when it got finished. Does was, she play an instrument? Violin, yeah. Very yeah, cool. we used to play together. We would play like little Christmas concerts. Um, and she would be on violin, and I played piano, and my dad would sing and play guitar. Maybe you guys need to make a record together. Like, yeah. You know, get them all into the studio and collaborate. That could be cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. Actually, I would love to do that one day. <laughs> yeah. Get get into this Jackrabbit Sound Shack studio. <laughs> family collab night. <laughs> we, we're all about family here at Jackrabbit Sound Shack and in session. Uh, yeah. Family collab night. Yeah, it could be really cool. Be I mean, awesome. that would be very healing for a lot of families, I'm sure, that, like, struggle and maybe they can write a song together and then feel, like, this new bond that they've never felt. Writing a song with someone is intimate. It's extremely yeah. intimate. Oh, yeah. I feel like if more people wrote songs together, like the world might have a better better understanding. Well, I don't want to go that broad, but like have a better understanding of other people's thought processes and then be more compassionate because of it. So yeah, families can be very not compassionate with each other. Very judgmental sometimes. Yes. Because you're like, I can be, you're my family. You can't, I can judge. I don't know. I can tell you what I think. (laughs) And you can't go anywhere, which is good. You're stuck with me. At least they care enough to say something about it, I guess. That's the great thing with family. Yeah, you know? sometimes. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Everybody's family is Everybody's different. Everybody's family is yeah. fucked up, <laughs> I know. No one has a perfect family, right? So let's have more family collab night, man. Well, let's expose all of our families and how crazy they That'd are. That'd be a whole other podcast. I mean, you need a lot of insurance here at your studio for that. <laughs> it's like, stop singing the wrong note, Sheila. David, Dad, stop you punching your brother in the face. <laughs> Throw the didgeridoo through your troll room. You got your brother in the headlock. You're punching him in the face. Maurice, Maurice, that's not the drum. <laughs> That's the Congo. All right. It's <laughs> not the right drum, Maurice. That would be so crazy. Anyway, um, you guys, so that's that's family, right? Yes, I would say the answer to your question. They're um, very supportive. Yes. Thanks and I for write... going deep a little bit with us on that. I know. I mean, I didn't want to, like, push too hard on that stuff because you kind of, like, cut me off. And then we, David changed the subject. And I sort of came back to it. But I think it's important because everybody, you know, their roots. It's roots and it's, it's part of who you are and the reason you're making music and because you have support and your family has been supportive. Same reason I am where I am today is because my family has been supportive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that that's an important thing to talk about. Yeah. Well, I have uh, two songs for my mom and one for my dad. And so, yeah, I, I do write songs for them specifically and for family members uh, as a thank you for supporting me. You know, because I would not be able to do it if it wasn't for them, really. It's a joint effort. <laughs> Sounds nice. like you have a great family. Yeah, for sure. Um, I am all out of questions. Me too. Gotcha. Well, Christy, where can people find you online? At www.christysubieta.com. Again, that's K-R-Y-S-T-I on Spotify and Google, iTunes, YouTube, Look up Christy Subieta Music on YouTube. You'll find over 70 videos there. A lot of it's intimate stuff, like raw, real, unedited videos. Um, but there's also produced music videos there, too. Um, there's, like, full-blown music videos as the playlist if you want to see the full production stuff. And then there's unplugged stuff as well. So, yeah, check me out. Awesome. And you can find us at www.insessionjrss.com. Or you can send us an email at insessionjrss at gmail, right? That's David? it. And if you're a band or an artist that wants to come to the show, please shoot us an email at that address. Please. And we would love to get back to you and hopefully have you on the show sometime. And uh, we want to personally thank Christy Subieta for being here. Thank you so much. And hope you enjoy her music, her lovely music. Go find her live. Go see her live. Uh, check out her cool YouTube videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I would like to remind people also that uh, our podcast is on uh, Google Play Music, Stitcher, iTunes, as well as our website, InSessionJRSS.com, uh, revamped website, by the way. David, There's thank you for doing that. Go <laughs> check out his awesome new website. That You're welcome. Built. Thank you. Um, there's also a method in which to support us. If you guys would like to um, say thank you, uh, and allow us to kind of keep this going for you guys. We eventually want to get this uh, grown into a video production and bring in bands from uh, the around the country, around the world, if that's possible. We we are not uh, uh, beholden to just Austin. Um, so and support would be a great way to do that. But in return for that, your donation, we have our store up. You can buy a uh, a mug, an in session uh, Jackrabbit Soundshed 
mug. You can get a tumbler. You can get a T-shirt. You can get stickers. You can get an iPhone case um, if you are an iPhone user. Uh, if you would like to do that. Or you can um, straight up just donate, right? Not yet. I, not yet. I haven't done that. I don't want to ask people for donations just I yet without giving them something, but possibly soon. We are also looking at doing a Patreon thing, and we are also doing uh, looking at doing a live show sometime uh, at the beginning of 2018. We wanted to do it by the end of this year. It didn't quite work out. We want to make sure that it's actually a, a good show. And we're still shopping venues and trying to figure it out. So. Correct. So, um, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm done. Are you good? Yeah. Okay. Uh, until next time, he's Vance. I'm David. We want to say thank you from everybody here at Jackrabbit Soundcheck Studios, and we are punching out. Regrets colored like old friends Here to relive your darkest moments I can see no way, I can see no way And all of the ghouls come out to play Every demon wants his pound of flesh But I like to keep something to myself I like to keep my issues strong It's always darkest before the